This is episode 205 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are Keeping Warm, Winter Prep Lists for You and Your Family, and How to Store Six Months of Food When You Only Have Space for One. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. And before we get started, do you know that the Prepper Website Podcast is on a ton of different podcast networks? And you can make sure that you get the podcast delivered to your preferred device without fail. We make it very easy for you to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or any other favorite podcast network. And if you are listening on iTunes, we appreciate your subscription and reviews. Let's go ahead and jump in and get started. Um, This first article comes to us from Common Sense Homesteading. And Lori does a great job over there. And uh, I'm, I'm very, I try to stay very sensitive to the fact that I, I know that there's a lot of people listening um, that, are not, <laughs> that are not where I live. Like right now, it is unseasonably warm. It is very, very crazy. Now, we're supposed to get some cooler weather tomorrow, but uh, it's, it's just, it's nuts how warm it is. Um, being, you know, we're already in December. Now, uh, up north, I know it's way, way different for a lot of you up there. And so I uh, really want to uh, really try to focus on that, maybe provide some uh, advice and some things maybe that uh, if you're new to the podcast, which I know that yeah, there's a lot of new people listening and welcome uh, those of you that are new. Hope you do subscribe and that you become a, a longtime listener. Uh, but hopefully to get some advice there for you uh, so that you can start applying it to your, uh, your preparedness and so that you can make sure that you stay warm. And also, I like this article because it talks a little bit about saving money. Now, down here um, in, the, in where I live in Texas, in Houston, uh, the, the wintertime, that's like where we save money on electrical, uh, or on, on our bills, right? Our utility bills, our electrical bills, because uh, we do everything with, you know, central air and heat, and we have the AC. AC is always running uh, and, uh, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. So uh, actually the wintertime is where we get a little bit of a break in our utilities, which is not a very long break. I mean, we're talking about maybe two, three, three months, two and a half months at the, at, at the most usually. Um, but I know that a lot of you up north, that's where your biggest cost, the wintertime is your biggest cost because you're forking out a lot of money on uh, all kinds of ways to stay warm. I know there's a bunch of different ways that y'all use up there depending on where you're at. And so uh, I, I think there's that aspect of saving money because I think we need to be frugal. I think we need to be good stewards of what we have and uh, be smart. And sometimes very small things, as Lori talks about here in this article, very small things uh, you know, make a big difference. And so you can save a lot of money. Uh, heat, you know, in heating costs and things like that, and vice versa when you are uh, when it's hot. But it's a little bit easier to put warm or put more clothes on when you're cold than to take more clothes off when you're hot. I mean, at least that's what my wife always says, and uh, you know, very very true though. And uh, so uh, a lot of uh, good advice here. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Again, uh, the website is Common Sense Home, and the commonsensehome.com and the website or the article is entitled keeping warm winter prep list for you and your family 
Little things can make a big difference when it comes to keeping warm and comfortable in your home. A friend of mine made one change from this list and raised the temp in her daughter's room uh, over 10 degrees without turning up the thermostat. With the right preps, we reduce our heating bills all season and are in much better shape if a winter storm knocks out the power. This post is part of our winter home heating series, which includes best ways to keep your home warm, new construction and remodeling, 25 cheap ways to keep your house warm in winter, and emergency heat during a power outage and other winter storm preps. So there are three articles here that you, uh, that you can link to in this article. Alright, so keeping warm winter prep lists for you and your home. Start with the house inside and outside, then make sure each family member has the right gear for keeping warm. Home heating safety. Get stocked on fuel. Make sure your propane tank is full for the winter and or you have plenty of dry firewood or heating pellets. In the middle of a snowstorm is not when you want to realize you are out of fuel. Make sure everything is clean. Change, change your furnace filter if you have one. Clean the wood stove and chimney and inspect for any signs of wear. Have emergency supplies on hand. Make sure you have a fire extinguisher and a first aid kit. Because things happen and no one wants to see you on the nightly news for bad things happening. Use space heaters wisely. My friend CJ Harrington recommended the Buddy Heater. That burns propane for safe indoor use. They, there are also a wide variety of electrical space heaters available. Check and double check to make sure any combustion device you choose is rated for indoor use and that you have enough airflow. One electric heater, watch for, oh, on electric heater, sorry, watch for frayed cords or other signs of excess, excess wear. Always keep combustibles items clear of your heat source and don't plug electric heaters into a power strip. They will melt the strip. One thing on buddy heaters, they are really warm, they really work well, um, but if you're using the small little propane tanks, the little green ones, uh, you will run through them. You'll probably run through two or three a night, depending on, on how you're using it and how much heat you're trying to put out. Um, those are best if you're trying to heat up a very small space, uh, and, and that's another thing probably that we need to talk about. Um, if you're in a situation where you need to heat up a room because you've lost power and you need you maybe you're using one of these little buddy heaters or maybe um, you know you're just having to rely on uh, clothes and sleeping bags and warm blankets and that's what you have uh, then the smaller the space the better for you um, because you know your body w will give off warmth. Uh, you want to keep people close to each other. Um, you don't want to, you know, a, a big room is going to have a lot of air to to to, uh, to warm up, and uh, you don't want to, you know, try to warm a big big room up if you don't have to. And so there's also even the advice that if if you're in a in a house that uh, has lost power, uh, and you're, you know. Right in the middle of winter time, if you have a tent that you can set up, that might be even a good idea too. So you can kind of keep everything in the tent, and that's a, like another layer, uh, you know, of, of warmth that you can add to it. So something to think about. But getting back to this buddy heater, there are 
Um, there are adapters that you can adapt. So you can adapt. You can go to the small, you know, from the small little propane tank uh, to one of the bigger ones that you use for like a grill. Uh, I guess those are the 20, 20 pounds, uh, 20 pound tanks that would last a lot, lot longer. But uh, you're still going to be running through a lot of propane there uh, when when it goes to when it comes time to using one of those. And so I would suggest that you. Uh, you know, do some do do some experiments. Use the little buddy heater and just see how long it would actually last. Uh, and uh, you know, kind of do a trial run uh, because, again, like Lori said, you don't want to run out uh, of fuel in the minter, in the middle of a snowstorm. Okay, so moving to the outside of the house. Inspect your house. Walk around the exterior looking for openings and gaps. Do the same inside and check the attic in late spring when it's still cool. Keep an eye on your roof throughout the winter. If you get icicles or ice dams, you likely have excess heat loss in the attic. Inspect the roof the following spring summer for leaks due to ice damage. See, that's something I would have never known. It's probably something that you know you guys that are up north know, uh, you know, very readily. That if you you're looking for those kinds of things, uh, you're looking for those kinds of things, uh, be, you know, and that would symbolize or uh, reference you know heat loss coming from the roof. All right. Uh, moving on here, control the drafts. Even with good windows, doors, and patio doors, you might need to block drafts. In our first house, we had a brand new front door. When we got below zero weather, the door frosted up along the bottom edge. We added draft blockers against the doors to reduce heat loss. Some spots to check for drafts include weather stripping on all windows and doors, replace any that is damaged or missing, Electrical outlets. Many may have drafts. If you are qualified, disable the circuit, pull out the plug, and carefully insulate around the box. Simpler fixes are outlet insulation and outlet covers. Door bottoms. Place your rolled up towels at the base of the front door or drafty doors to keep heat in or cold out. For a sturdier draft blocker, use legs from an old pair of sweats stuffed with old socks, t-shirts, and other rags. Fill it and tie it off. Tie off the ends and lay along doors blocking the draft. Another more attractive option is using a heavy-duty draft blocker that locks to the door. Windows. See the reduce window heat loss section on 25 cheap ways to keep your home or your house warm in winter. Installing window insulation film over an old patio door helped my friend warm up her daughter's bedroom. Now keeping people warm. Stock warm clothes. Make sure each family member has long underwear tops and bottoms. Good winter boots and outdoor gear. If you're freezing outside, it'll take you that much longer to warm up when you get in. Clothes that you can layer for warmth, such as flannel overshirts or sweatshirts. Uh, polypropylene first layer socks. Very warm wool socks and slippers. For more information, see the four layers of winter clothing everyone should know. Bedding. Make sure you have a few extra very warm blankets and comforters. Watch for sales or buy them secondhand to save money. A good wool blanket can really improve the livability of a cold house or cold bed. If you don't like wool, sandwich it between cotton sheets or other blankets. Electric blankets can heat up the bed before you get in and then turn, and then turn it off once you get warmed up. Choose flannel sheets for extra warmth. 
Purchase cold weather sleeping bags, one per person, for emergencies or winter camp camping or really chilly bedrooms. Down comforters trap insulating pockets of air, keeping you warm without adding a ton of extra weight. See no, no more cold feet in bed for more tips for toasty toes. Targeting heating. Using chemical hand warmers in gloves, footwears, or pockets, but be careful because they may be too warm to place directly against the skin. These warmers can be purchased almost anywhere. They are inexpensive and work fast. The heat can really make a difference for comfort and keep you from getting frostbite. Many boots, gloves, and mittens have a pouch for the warmers. So what other preps do you make for, or, or do you have for cold weather? Leave a comment and let us know. All right, short, short article here. I know in the comments uh, someone was talking about certain uh, slippers that seem to be very, very warm, uh, those kinds of things. I think you need to have a plan. Um, you know, those of you that are, like I said, up north, and it is very possible for you to be in a snowstorm and for temperatures to drop um, to dangerous levels, you know. Uh, I, I think you really need to have a plan, just like we talk about having a plan for everything else. If the, you know, if the, the weather uh, knocks out the, the electricity or we run out of fuel or there is a leak or whatever might happen, you know, what are we going to do if we don't have a way to warm ourselves or we don't have a way to heat up the house? Uh, you know, how would we proceed? What, what would we do? And so I, I think it's a good idea to go ahead and do that and have the supplies that you need, have the clothes that you need, uh, you know, invest in that. I, I think that's uh, that is very smart to do. Um, it's very smart to invest, you know, when it's off season. So after winter time, when things, you know, uh, start going on clearance and those, I think that's a, a great time to start getting, you know, finding some sales. Um, I know that uh, around Christmas time, uh, you can find a lot of great sales, especially down here in in Texas and Houston. Um, they start selling gloves, which was I thought was crazy. So one year I went to go buy try to find some gloves. Um, because uh, I had an older truck at that time and just uh, it took a little while for the heater to get going and so when it was really cold I wanted to have some gloves uh, to uh, you know to to wear to, to get to work and uh, so I, I went it was like the middle of winter like you know January February uh, for us and where you know it was kind of really cold but I couldn't find any gloves because um, I guess down here they don't, you know, they don't stock them, you know, year not year round, but at least winter round, uh, and they were all sold out for Christmas. And I was asking, you know, some of the sales associ associates, and they were like, oh yeah, we we sold out of those during Christmas time, you know, they ran a sale and they were gone, and we just don't, we just didn't replace them. And so, uh, you know, you got to be mindful of that. But those of you up north, more than likely, you're finding, uh, you know, you're gonna the stores that are up there are gonna have gloves and and winter equipment all year, not all year long, but you know, for the winter time. And so, uh, you know, possibly you can find some really great clearance deals after winter time. Uh, and then you you know you always have uh, like Cabela's, and uh, I've become an affiliate for Cabela's, so I've uh, uh, I get information I get emails when they're running clearance sales and I've done that on prepper website uh, they even still might if you go you know you, you scroll down uh, on prepper website you'll find a link to Cabela's or whatever um, it'll take you to a clearance section where you can find some really really good deals I know people have taken advantage of those 
you know, and so there, there's, you know, always ways to find that. And then secondhand stores, I think, are always, uh, you know, definitely a viable option. Um, a lot of times, um, you know, I was listening to someone, I'm just rambling, guys, uh, but I, uh, I was listening to someone the other the other day talk about um, getting rid of clothes that uh, that you know a family member, an older family member, had passed away, and uh, it wasn't anything that they would keep or, or anything like that. But uh, they were going through it and they were going to donate everything, and they found a lot of things that were just that were never opened, a lot of things that were brand new, a lot of things with tags on them, and they were they were going to donate them to you know to uh, to a Goodwill or or you know whatever you know whatever. Uh, uh, resale type shop that they were going to do and uh, uh, you know so sometimes these places get really nice things uh, sometimes if you go to a resale shop in a very nice part of town uh, you know there's uh, maybe it has a different socioeconomic background um, the things that they get are going to be very very different than what you the the resale shop at a, in a very poor part of town uh, I know I've had friends who have lost a lot of weight and uh, they needed to have you know professional dress and so they went to a resale shop in a nice part of town and got really great deals on on uh, you know changing out their whole wardrobe because they needed to, to change out a whole wardrobe and not just buy a couple of different items and so uh, you know that's that's one of those things that you can uh, think about and maybe you haven't thought about and you can start to apply anyway so I'm rambling, but uh, I just want people to stay safe out there this winter time, uh, and uh, you never know when things uh, can go wrong. So make sure you have a plan in place, and make sure you do have some supplies to get you through. All right, this next article comes to us from askaprepper.com. This was a very, very popular article. Uh, it got a lot of hits off of Prepper website, and uh, so a, a lot of people are very interested in this, and so I'm sure you will be also. Um, the title of the article is How to Store Six Months of Food When You Only Have Space for One. Now, um, the, you know, the article, Lori's article on winter, you know, being prepared for winter, um, had a lot of links that you might want to visit. This article here at askaprepper.com has some pretty cool pictures that you might want to go visit the, uh, the article for. In fact, I encourage you to um, because it's just, you know, some different things that they have, uh, pictures on, on, on different ways that they have stored things. And so um, always, always looking for ideas on that because that's a big deal when it comes to storing food. Or at least space is a big deal when it comes to storing food. So uh, let's go ahead and read this one. How to store six months of food when you only have space for one. One of the biggest issues people run into with their preparedness food storage is a lack of space. They simply don't have enough room to keep all the food that they need in the event of an emergency, leaving them feeling underprepared. Space may seem like one of the biggest barriers to your food storage goals, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Whether you live in an apartment, a small house, or even a camper, there are plenty of ways you can squeeze in more food storage so that your family can be prepared if worst comes to worst. So get creative with the space you have. You may be thinking of your food storage space as a specific traditional space that you have set aside for food storage like a pantry or a set of shelves in the garage or a basement, though I'm certainly not recommending you store foods in those places unless they're appropriately critter-proofed and climate-controlled. 
If you want to get serious about your food storage on a small footprint, you might first consider thinking outside of the box a little when it comes to where you'll store food. Here are some ideas you may not have considered for fitting in more food storage. Add custom shelving to areas under stairs to provide an extra space to store food. And again, like I said, there are um, uh, pictures here that you can see exactly what they're talking about. Uh, use unusable cupboard space more effectively. We oftentimes forget about those tough to reach spaces like on top of the cabinets and awkward or high up cupboards. They wind up filled with junk drawer-esque materials because you can't really act access them easily anyways but they're perfect for emergency food storage and so you have that on the top maybe on the top of pantries where you can build in another shelf uh, or put in some extra shelving or you also have that in closets too um, upper closet shelves are oh, I'm sorry I was jumping the gun here upper closet shelves are often underutilized spaces so you have that as well in um, in closets and uh, sometimes it's as simple as uh, buying, uh, you know, three boards, um, you know, three boards that would in, that would work as sides that you can push up against the sides of uh, an already existing shelf, and then laying another board on top of that that would build, uh, you know, shelf more shelving for you, a whole other layer. All right, store food under beds and lift them up if there's not much room between the bottom of the beds and the floor. And so what they're meaning there is if you have, um, you know, if you have some kind of uh, something, that, a frame, a bed frame, and uh, you can go ahead. So there's the, the solid uh, bed frames that, uh, you know, that have, you can see like there is, a, I guess they're made out of boxes, uh, box material, whatever. And then you can, you know, they're hollow on the inside though, but there's like four walls and then your box spring would sit on top of that and then your mattress would, would uh, sit on top of that. I'm trying to, I guess, talk about it, you know, in, a, in an uh, audible way so that you can uh, try to understand what I'm saying uh, but again you just go into the pictures would just really explain it for you um, and so you have those that uh, uh, you can that are hollow and that you can fill with all kind of food um, then you have those that are you know that are, are, are metal frames and uh, those are nice I mean you can just lift those uh, lift those up and you have plenty of space there as well uh, I have seen some people that have used like five gallon uh, five gallon buckets filled with food storage and have used those kind of like a, as an edge as a um, as a frame for their body uh, or a frame for their bed I'm sorry and uh, in the middle they can use that for all kinds of storage but uh, they use five gallon buckets as a frame and so it's not like you know uh, consistent all the way across but uh, they'll spread out five gallon buckets and they're very heavy so they won't easily move uh, unless you know things get crazy <laughs> things get crazy but uh, you know that 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 is an option that you have is storing food you know underneath your bed Never ignore space inside of a storage item like basket or luggage. Since you're already storing those items, go ahead and stick some food storage in them. Create furniture from stored food items. Instead of traditional end or bedside tables, switch it up with a stack of canned goods topped with a piece of wood cut to size. Toss the tablecloth over it and no one will ever know the difference. Utility room space is great for food storage as well. So long as your food storage isn't creating any hazards with the appliances and house implements contained within. 
Use organizing items like over-the-door racks and cutesy baskets racks to, uh, to up your food storage space. Add shelves and cabinets so that they're better laid out for your personal food storage. This is one time that cabinets with adjustable shelves are a lifesaver. Store water in an unused bathtub or shower. Water storage can take up a lot of space, but it's absolutely necessary that you have adequate water storage for your family. Use these waterproof spaces or invest in some water storage cubes that stack neatly so that it doesn't take up more space than it must. So that's a great idea. Um, if you have an extra spare shower or you know uh, a restroom that no one uses, uh, maybe you have a bathtub there. I, I wouldn't fill up the bathtub with water, and we've talked about that before. You can never get a bathtub clean enough. It doesn't matter how much you you scrub it. You can never get a bathtub clean enough to be able to get water in there and then uh, use that for drinking or for cooking or anything like that. I mean, you can fill up a, a, a bath bathtub uh, and use that to flush your toilet you can definitely do that but not, not to drink it or to cook with it uh, and then I also wouldn't store a uh, long term like a water bob we've talked about those I wouldn't use that you know put a water bob in your bathtub and then just leave it there for long long term uh, I mean I think it'd be fine if you were in a crisis situation you filled it up a little bit before you're fine but leaving it for, for years I don't think that plastic would hold up and I don't think you want to do that. But let's just say you start using two liter uh, you know, bottles. Definitely you can use the bathtub to, to store those in or you use those water bricks. I think you can you put those in there as well. Um, or you have some other way. It's just a way to, to, you know, a space. Or maybe you have a closet. Not a closet, I'm sorry, a shower that's not being used. Um, you can use that as well to store, uh, you know, water-based uh, preps in there. So I think that's uh, that's a great use, especially if it never is never used. And I know that there's people that have you know uh, guest bedrooms and you know bathrooms that are never never used. And so you can go ahead and use those uh, those uh, storage that storage space um, or those places for storage uh, storage you know water storage or whatever it might be. Okay, so opt for bulk goods that fit into your spaces. We tend to get tied down by the spaces we have to work with, so make sure you're using them to their best advantage. While larger containers generally take up less space for the same amount of food, you'll want to fill in spaces with smaller items. It's easier to fit in more food if it's all packaged the same. Whenever possible, purchase or store food in the same size containers to make the best of limited space. Also, be sure you're stacking items to the to their benefit. Mix and match different sized and shaped goods and stacks on your pantry shelf so that you utilize as much of your available space as possible top to bottom as well. Put items that don't stack well into boxes so that they do, allowing you to utilize more space. Now, the only thing that I would say is when you're you know doing the uh, the mylar packages. Uh, you know, and, and, and doing that. A lot of the times when we talk about doing food buckets and using mylar, um, mylar bags with oxygen absorbers, um, the reason you, that we use the, the bucket is that so critters can't get inside there. Uh, you know, so it's like a double layer 
uh, their double layer of protection. The mylar bag keeps you know the oxygen out and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then the bucket is just another layer. It's a harder layer for any kind of critters and animals to, to get to it. Um, and some people do use the buckets for food storage without mylar uh without mylar bags and, and oxygen absorbers um, they do do that I, I just I, I wouldn't I would go the extra route just for that extra layer of protection but when you have the mylar bags with, with the oxygen absorbers and they are not in a, a bucket it's very easy for uh, something that you know um, you know they're pretty they're pretty sturdy as far as the thickness. You want to try to get as thick as you can as far as the mylar bags because there are various thicknesses out there. But even with the thicknesses, even if you get like a, a six mil uh, type bag, you're still going to be dealing with the fact that um, any little thing, if it scrapes against something or uh, you know an animal decides to bite into it, a rat or a mouse decides to bite into it, they're going to be able to tear through it pretty easily and get to it. And so, um, you know, that's that's one thing to consider. So it's easy to, to use mylar bags and you could stack them up easy. But, you know, that's you got to think about it. I mean, how valuable is this food storage to you? Uh, I always I always would love to uh, put it in a in a bucket uh, just to protect it there. All right. So uh, continuing on. Use flexible, non-wasteful storage methods. Bags are a great way to be able to pack a little bit more into a small space. Mylar bags, I'm sorry, I, I guess I was jumping around and I didn't realize I hadn't read that already. It's been a long, long night. All right, so um, this is where I was talking about the Mylar bags. I was just getting way ahead of myself. How about that, Todd? All right, so let me continue on here. Uh, bags are a great way to be able to pack a little bit more into small spaces. Mylar bags with oxygen absorbers can be squeezed into small spaces much easier than gigantic buckets or even ten, number 10 cans. Another way to save some space is to pack items in vacuum-sealed bags. Oftentimes, you're paying in space, of course, just for the way something is packaged at the supermarket. Vacuum bags mean that you're not wasting space to store air. All right, so that was that that section on Mylar bags. I guess I was on autopilot there, man, you know, um, a little tired. But I guess I was just on autopilot when it uh, when it got to uh, jumping to the gun talking about the Mylar bags. But I think, uh, you know, uh, I still stick with the Mylar bag thing. Uh, you know, you need to consider that. All right, utilize wall space. Just because there's no room for a full set of shelves on a wall doesn't mean that it's not available for food storage. Build a wall-mounted can organizer to create an extra space for canned goods. This is perfect for walls behind doors that often go ignored for their food storage potential because there's not much space available. This is a great way to make sure that your canned goods are appropriately rotated as well with the oldest foods being used up first and the newest remaining inaccessible at the top of the organizer. And we've recently talked about that, making your own um, you know, food, food storage rotator or can rotator. Opt for food with a smaller footprint. Dehydrated food takes up less space. The water has already been removed, leaving smaller footprint food that can be vacuum packed for optimal storage. Wherever it's feasible, opt for dehydrated food over canned goods. You can rehydrate many foods later on if necessary. Another way to aim for a smaller food, food footprint is to invest in small food that pack a big caloric and nutritious punch. While a balanced diet is important, focusing on higher calorie foods like whey protein, avocado powder, dried fruit, seeds, nuts, and quinoa 
to fill up very little very limited space equals more energy that may be hard to come up by for a long time after a disaster to fuel you up make sure to store food properly even when you're storing small even if you're working with a small space it's important that you adhere to the regular rules of food storage make sure you keep your store safe from weather changes and pests and be sure that you rotate food storage so that you're using older foods in your everyday diet and replacing them with newer versions this helps avoid food and money waste um, usually for the amount of um, traffic that this article got I would have figured that there would have been more comments uh, there's only there's, there's 12 comments so I mean it's still you know a decent amount and people are, are providing information here but uh, I would have thought there would have been a little bit more comments here um, but you need to go ahead and check that out and again like I said uh, the, the pictures are, are pretty valuable to be able to just kind of get ideas they might just um, start to give you even more ideas and, and uh, you know get you jumping from one uh, idea to the other just by looking at these pictures um, one thing that I I would I would do and he, he talked a little bit about it here is uh, you know doing a, a false wall or at least you know doing a, a wall you know putting a, a wall up and I guess we the article didn't really talk about a false wall but that might be something you could do so if you have um, I'm thinking back to my I mean this is going way 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 back uh, when I was in fifth grade my fifth grade teacher read us all the little house on the prairie books and in one of those books, and some of you might remember remember this, um, the two brothers. I can't even I can't even remember the the brothers, but uh, one of the brothers that Laura Laura Ingalls uh, marries, right? Um, they have they they have stored all this grain, and they have a false wall in there, and um, Pop. Uh, finds that out and so he hits the guys up for some for, for some grain when there's uh, when there's been a shortage right and um, it's kind of always stuck with me that you can do now you can go out and go right out and build a false wall and and put that into uh, one of your you know sp maybe you have a spare bedroom and uh, you can take maybe a foot or two and uh, build a false wall or you can use just stack food up against that wall and somehow maybe possibly put a curtain uh, along that wall and so uh, if it was maybe an outside wall you know a wall that would that would be to the outside somebody might think that it was uh, a curtain that was just covering up some windows possibly or you could just you know have it you know some some kind of way it's just uh, you have a curtain from the top to the bottom and you just uh, you know is, is just there and maybe decorative in, in, in that way so not necessarily building out with wood and and having to paint it and sheetrock it and all that kind of way and having an have an opening to get into it but maybe you just stack food up against the wall and then you're able to somehow put a curtain there that would uh, hide the things that are behind it or at least you know maybe and not necessarily hide it from like people who wanted to steal it or anything like that but at least keep it out of view to where it wouldn't be unsightly right if, if you were concerned about that like hey this is a this is a room people might pass by it people might come into the house and 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 go into this room and I don't want them to see a whole wall of food storage and uh, you can you know this would just be a way of kind of covering it up so I always thought that that was a possible uh, way to uh, to uh, add to storage uh, in, in in one of those ways but I like the way of hiding hiding storage like in um, 
you know, like in, in couches that were maybe hollowed out or in tables like they've talked about here. Uh, you know, it's very easy to do something like that. Or if you have a coffee table that is hollow on the inside, you can stock that up with food um, and all that kind of stuff. So the last thing I want to say about this one here, uh, one of the things that you got to consider is if you are going to do this, if you're going to be one of these uh, one of these people that are going to put food in all these little nooks and crannies and, and trying to, you know, uh, maximize your space. And uh, in reality, I mean, there's a lot of people I know that you're listening to this and uh, you don't have a big pantry area, um, you know, in, so you have to find all the space that you can. So if you're going to do that, I really do think you need to take good records and you need to uh, have a good inventory. And so when you're putting items up, you, you know, you, you list it out it's like, OK, uh, here in this spot, I have, you know, five, you know, cases of, of green beans and you know whatever it might be. Right. Uh, I really do think that you needed to have a good inventory and even date it so that you uh, you can apply you know food rotation to that um, you still you're, you're using that first in first out and hopefully the the way that you are the places that you're putting it is not so hard to get to to where it's like man I just don't even want to deal with it right I'm gonna I'm gonna put it there and forget it and if that's the case you need to make sure that you're putting something that that can last for a long long maybe some canned goods maybe some you know five gallon buckets you know like you're storing rice and beans and and and, and grain you know wheat berries or whatever and you're you're putting like number ten cans in there or you're putting five gallon buckets with mylar bags and oxygen absorbers and stuff like that and you're making that that long-term uh place you know that you know it's like i'm not going to go there every you know four or five months to, to rotate food out because that'd be very uh difficult and that'd get very very old so i just think that you need to keep very good records of, of where you have everything you have a good inventory list and that would um, th that'll help you uh, definitely to where you don't forget food and uh, uh, you know so you can rotate it out. All right, all right, guys, that's it for episode 205. Man, uh, like I said, uh, a little tired tonight, so I'm gonna go ahead and end it here and go get some rest. Uh, have an early morning tomorrow, and then uh, we do it all again. Uh, that's the way that's the way we do it and uh, try to uh, as we're as we're doing it as we're going along trying to stay uh, prepped and aware uh, of uh, the world and, and what is happening so uh, I think you need to, to do that be on the lookout uh, if you are interested in current events I'll be posting the um, uh, the, the weekly watchman and current events on Ed that matters here in the next couple of days. Um, that's always very interesting to, uh, to find out what is happening. And I, like I said, John Haller and some of the other guys do a great job. It's, it's Bible prophecy mixed in there, but, um, you know, definitely they're, they're bringing out, uh, current events and news items that you don't get anywhere else. And so, um, you know, be on the lookout for that. And I'll bring that up again when uh, I'll link to it in the show notes when I have that up for you. So, uh, hey, if you get a chance, uh, love to connect with you on social media. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, make it very easy for you to get to me. Uh, if you come to the Prepper Website Podcast, 
Facebook.com. Uh, all the social media channels are there. You can click to your favorite one and then you can add me. Uh, and like I said, I love to hear from other uh, other listeners. You can you can connect with me on social media. You can send me an email if you want to do that. You know, uh, just today I received two emails and and uh, love to hear from from listeners. It just it's a great encouragement that people are out there listening and uh, um, finding the the podcast a blessing to uh, you know to their preparedness. And so uh, I really appreciate that. And if you haven't been uh, you haven't joined the Facebook group, I'd like to invite you to come on over. Come over to the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Click on free Facebook group. It'll get you over there. Or type in a more self-reliant life dot com into your browser and that'll get you over there as well you can click join and uh, you'll be part of the group and uh, join in with uh, you know all the other people over there that are learning and growing together with that choose to live a more self-reliant life choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind until tomorrow stay prepped and aware peace